Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. <laughs> Come on with that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you as always by our friends over at Jackson Labs. As always, a big day back in the lab. Just the two of us, but we got everybody on uh, on the Zoom call today just uh, keeping our distance and just enjoying our Saturday. But we're going to go around the table and say hello as usual. We're going to go into the far corner. Codes, what's up, dude? Nothing, boys. Um, I'm pumped to ask our guest what the biggest number on a golf hole he's made. Uh, mine is an eight. Uh, and I'm <laughs> just wondering course. also... I think if you've done your research, one. you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, be right it's back. A big one. Gotta go do some research, but pumped up, pumped up to be here, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next up, Tombo in the lab with me. What's up? Not too much, bud. Uh, excited to be here. Obviously, we've got a huge guest with us today. Um, excited to dive into a bit of his history and some of the stories he has to share with us. Absolutely. And last but not least... The West Coast correspondent stuck in his apartment today due to the pouring Vancouver rain. But uh, I'm going to pass it over to our man, Chris Parkinson, who's also going to introduce our guest today as well. What's up, dude? Gents, what's happening? Yeah, as you alluded to, it's pouring rain here, but that's kind of standard practice for Rain City, Vancouver. Excited to be on the pod this morning. We got an early one today, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, special guest in the house. Want to put our hands together for Trey Mullinex. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Let me be on the show. Absolutely. It's absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you on. Welcome to the y'all fam. Probably, y'all probably hadn't had this big of a redneck on your show yet. Oh, no, we have. So don't <laughs> worry. You're not the first. And uh, we, we embrace them with all hearts because we're all Burtons. We're yeah. rednecks, too. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm like it. Scott. Stallings, he's a city redneck. He, we don't claim him. He's a city redneck. <laughs> yeah, he seemed he seemed kind of classy country. Oh, uh, he's yeah, he's got all kinds of class. I can tell you that. <laughs> don't worry, we're just snow rednecks, so we're we're not. There's not much different here. We don't what is we don't classy get, we don't country? get a lot of snow. Classy uh, country, like Garth Brooks. That's a good question. Like a Luke Bryan, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. that like the is that like the denim tuxedo? You got a nice pressed uh, jean jacket, oh, yeah. and nice pleated jeans, or what? Yeah, but you got no, your cowboy no, boots that's on. Too, that's too fancy. That's too, that's fancy. too fancy. We we got cut off Wranglers in a in a V in a V neck. That's what we got. Man, that sounds very similar to Alberta summer right now. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yes, I like. I've it. been seeing that popping out since the weather's been turning here. I've been wearing that. Yeah. That's my style. Heck yeah. Why wouldn't you? I'll be the first to call out. Uh, Tom on that one. You have definitely not been wearing cutoff Wranglers. I got a pair of cutoff <laughs> Levi's in the drawer. All right. Well, <laughs> it just, I, tell you what, I, I tell you what, I haven't, I haven't worn mine lately either because my wife has been trying to get me into this new fashion, you know, with all the joggers and the V-necks and I just can't pull it off, but you know, I'm trying, good I'm, move, try, I'm trying to do it. it. I grew up, I grew up wearing like Cole Hans and button downs and like, you know, kind of like trying to make yourself look, you know, nice in yeah. college, very <laughs> fraternal you know what i'm saying and so it was like cole hans and button downs and jeans and she was like you look too like my try dad. hard she goes just just chill and i was like what does that mean it was just chill, chill. i like, had that problem too i yeah. am chilling yeah this is this is me relaxing i don't know i feel very uncomfortable <laughs> but i'm relaxed yeah, like, yeah. which is basically so. the jogger in a nutshell 
Yes, exactly. So I think you're gonna enjoy those. I pull off the jogger like I think it's like almost like a fancy pant now. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's like nicer sweatpants. Go, going out on the town, I'm gonna wear my nice joggers. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna my, press them. Yeah, I'm gonna press them. <laughs> yeah, get the steamer out. They're even clean. <laughs> yeah, put some put some put some Jordans on with them, and uh, you can go anywhere now. Yeah, yeah. I got a style, man. I mean, go. Brooks can pull it off. Why can't I? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> with that nice haircut of his, like, come on. That was bad. That was a terrible look, wasn't it? We are we're actually going to do that with Cody today. Oh, he, <laughs> he said I can be no, his. I, woke gen- up. I no, can be his. No. Ge- I, his genitals, no. Brooks. No, no. <laughs> he said, "No, nah, we're not doing that." No, no. He kept talking, but no, that's not going to happen, Trey. What I want to do is to get into talking to you and find out how I, if you can help me, become a PGA Tour player, my man. What does it take? to be on the PGA tour just right out of the gate. I got some buddies up here that are, I consider good and they hit a lot of seeds. So right mm-hmm. out of the gate, I just wanted to ask you, it's one of the questions that's percolating on my mind is when you're, I don't know how to word it ramping up or in the heat of it, what does a practice or golf work day look like for you? Yeah, how do you so like at a turn, at like a tournament or when I'm just back at home, back at home, Let's see. Uh, when I'm back at home, I normally, uh, depending on how many weeks I've played in a row, I might just take the full week off and just enjoy being at home. Uh, but like if I played a couple weeks in a row and I didn't really play that like I wanted to, I'll normally uh, come home and probably take Monday off. Uh, normally don't do anything on a Monday. And then like Tuesday, go like on my track, man, hit some wedges and just kind of figure out, you know, because normally my problem is my wedges. If I didn't play good, usually my wedges wasn't that great or I didn't putt well, or I didn't chip well. Mm-hmm. So it's normally not the driver or the irons. It's normally the scoring clubs. That, that's probably why you didn't play well. And so I'll go home and get on my track, man, work on my wedges, go work on some chipping, what I struggle with that day, whether it be in the bunkers or, you know, if I short-sided myself and the high soft shot wasn't working that week or if I missed a few five-footers to maybe miss a cut or, you know, whatever that might be, I try to just go work on that so that way the next week I'm prepared because – Everybody on tour hits their driver and irons pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody you can you can normally figure that out, but it's normally the scoring clubs and the short game where you probably gave away a lot of strokes that week. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at then those numbers, is that something that you're doing on an off day on a Monday, or just do you have someone that does that for you that takes a look at your scoring wedge and said, no, these are the areas that we need to work on, or is that something that you kind of take a look Me at yourself? I- me and my caddy normally kind of can figure it out uh, what we, what I did wrong that week. And so when I go home, I mean, I just put it on, you know, the out the, where I'm at, how hot it is, and just carry number, you know, making sure I'm coming in at the same impact every time. So that might, um, that might be why my numbers were off that week because, you know, if I'm coming in it too steep or if I'm coming in it too shallow, it's going to give you two different numbers. You mm-hmm. can still hit in the center of the face, but one could be steep and one can be shallow and one's going to go 10 yards further. Mm-hmm. So – you know, just making sure that your contact on your wedges is the same, I think is huge because, I mean, like I said, if you come in steep on it and you pull it, well, it's going to go, you know, three or four yards further than that might be long of a green. So just making sure that your impact's the same. Yeah. So then if I was, I don't know if you've seen that, uh, you know, that viral video with Drake and, you know, flip the switch, flip, flip. So we started at the very end of your journey. Can you take us all the way back to the beginning and tell us how you got into golf? Yeah, I, uh, so kind of how I got into golf is I was uh, I broke my leg playing football. Uh, so okay. that was that was like in seventh grade. I played a little bit 
kind of growing up, but I was always playing basketball, football, baseball, all the other sports. And Big so, sports guy. Yeah, I love I love everything. I, I just I, my dad always he didn't ever really want me to get burnout on one thing, and he wanted me to be he wanted me to kind of just play it all and whatever I loved. Kind of in high school, we would just stick to it. And so I broke my leg playing football, and um, so during that time, I had surgery, broke my like chipped a bone off of my femur, and it went up into my kneecap. And I had to go in there and like blow it up. How how that yeah. happened? Oh, it was terrible. So the funny story is, so when I did that, like our dads would like always coach us in peewee. So like when we were in seventh grade, we had these coaches, so they would all go to our practices. Well, during practice, I got clipped in the knee and I fell down. And all I hear is my dad, get up, boy, you sissy, get up, get off the ground. And I'm like, can't move my leg. It's like all curled up and like my, I mean, it's just, it's all my grabbing the grass and I just remember trying not to cry in front of all my buddies, but I just was bawling because <laughs> it hurt so bad. And, and it's like, hey, my, I'm sorry. I didn't know you broke your leg. And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, and so that's actually how I kind of got started. My dad grew up playing golf and I was in a cast. And so he would kind of bring me out at the course with him and I'd chip and putt. And, you know, he'd let me hit a few of his clubs. And I had some of my own at that time. And, I just to be honest with you, the bonding time that I have with my dad, yeah, and you know me being able to be with my dad pretty much every day, and like especially in the summertime, just made me fall in love with the game, and I just wanted to be around him and play a game that he loved as well. That sounds very common for a lot of tour players, especially from the south. That you know it was time spent with their dad. I mean, because I mean, obviously, sports is so big down in the south, whether it be basketball, yeah. baseball, football. And it's when you play those team sports, you know, you're hanging out with the team. It's not so much with your family or your dad. It's mm-hmm. team game. So, I mean, when you made that transition from golf, like, was that very difficult or transition to golf? Was it very difficult to kind of like get away from the team atmosphere? Because it is such like a sports crazy place to be. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Everybody plays football, baseball, basketball. When I was growing up, golf really wasn't the sport. You know, exactly. and so when I when I chose to play golf, like in ninth grade, you know, all my buddies were still playing football, baseball, basketball. And so it was hard at first, you know, kind of being the, the guy that was doing all those things to now he's playing an individual sport and there is no team. And so, like, my dad was my team. And so that's kind of how we approached it. My dad was like, hey, look, you know, if you really want to do this and you want to try to you know, maybe go to college one day, we're going to commit to doing this together and we're going to do it as the best that we can, as hard as we can. And we're going to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And he, goes, if you, he goes, if you promise me that you'll work on it every day, I promise you I'll do whatever it takes for you to get there. Yeah. And so we kind of made that promise together and, you know, starting in ninth grade, I mean, I, I have a guy here in Birmingham who pretty much taught me the golf swing. His name is Archie Burroughs. He lives in Hoover. And um, I went to his house every day. And mm. until my senior year of high school, pretty much. Uh, I went to his house every day. And I just remember the first day I got there, he told me, he goes, until you can make a swing with your butt up against the wall and not hit the wall, we're not going to do anything else. And so literally wow. for a year, I would go down there and beat the heck out of this guy's wall downstairs, <laughs> like just marks on marks <laughs> on marks on his wall. And so uh, that's kind of how it all got started for me. And then by the time I, you know, senior year came, all my buddies wanted to play golf with me, you know, junior year, they, you know, they kind of were like, man, golf's a lot of fun. Let's go play with Trey. And so like, it kind of got to where 
my junior and senior year, all of them were wanting to play golf with me, which was really cool. Yeah. And I had a lot of guys and a lot of my buddies ended up being on the golf team. So, yeah, I always find it so amazing watching someone that wants to make that commitment to get the call, the scholarship to go towards golf. Like I had mm-hmm. a friend here, the same scenario. He's like, you know what? I want to go play golf in the States. And his dad's like, you want this? Okay. And like, I'd play golf with them every single day. And his dad would meet him at the range at the end of every round. And they would sit there and oh, yeah. eat balls till he was pitch black. And I was like, yeah, I, that's what it's going to yeah. take to get there. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Because, I mean, it's not a hobby. Like, when you when you go to college and play a, a sport, it's not just a hobby that you do. I mean, it's your job. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people work through college and they have to pay off, you know, student loans and all that. Like, when you go to school for a sport, it's it's your job. I mean school and then school and then sport i mean that's that's what it is like for us it was you get your school work done and then it's golf mm-hmm. and that's that's what that's just what you did and if you had time to do anything extra that's great you know but but that's that job yeah exactly uh talk us through like your college experience i mean you had quite a Good career yeah, in fun. college and yeah, it looked like it'd be a good time <laughs> yeah, down yeah, in <laughs> Yeah, man. It's uh yeah, just hey, roll tide of that. Football in the South, man, there's nothing better. If you go to an SEC game, you know what I'm talking about. It's uh No kidding. Man, there, there, there's nothing like for me, like still to this day when I get to go back to Bryant Denny Stadium, I I get goosebumps every time. I love it so much. Cool. Uh, Especially with that successful of a team. Oh, it's great. And obviously Coach Saban's probably one of the best coaches ever. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, obviously I'm biased. But uh, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately you're not the only one that agrees with yeah, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tw- twist my arm. He's the best. So, <laughs> uh, he uh but going there, man, was so when I got when I was getting recruited, I um I only had like two schools that were looking at me and Alabama wasn't one of them. Uh Ole Miss and UAB. And I was gonna so before, so I'll kind of give you a little background on it. I went to Alabama golf camp. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's like all these like 12 year olds and like 11 year olds and 10 year olds. Here I am at like 16, just trying to get recognized by this, by coach Sewell. And so I go to this camp. I told my dad, like, man, I don't want to go to this camp. I'm going to be the oldest there by three years, you know? And he was like, you know, you need to go and just maybe you can get catch his eye. You mm-hmm. know, maybe he can see something. And I got put, they had like this challenge day and I got put on coach Sewell's dad's team. And on number two, it's this par four to colony, the course that we played. And it's a kind of drivable hole. And I hit driver up on the green and his dad calls coach Sewell and says, Hey, I think you need to come watch this kid. And he goes, why? He goes, well, he hits it far and he hits it straight. So why don't you come watch him? And so that's how my recruiting <laughs> process started at Alabama was from Jay Sewell's dad. And so he, uh, I'm on the phone with uh, UAB about to commit. Coach Sewell calls me. I tell the coach, hey, hang on a second. I got to take this call. Coach Sewell says, hey, I don't have a, a lot of scholarship, but if you want to come here, uh, we'll give you a little bit and you can play. And I said, I'm in. And I committed. And I was Same. on the phone with the UAB coach and said, hey, sorry, I just committed to Alabama. <laughs> wow, that was like a dream for you, though. Really. That I tell you what, though, it, it was it, 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 it was mean, but like I was so happy at the time. Like I was just like I, I was pretty much a walk on. He took he gave me a walk on spot and was like, you can play your way on, and you can play your way on a scholarship. And I was like, deal, because yeah. 
I knew that all the best players were going there at the time. I knew Justin Thomas was probably going to commit. Corey Whitsett was going. Bobby Wyatt was going. Bud Collier was already there. Hunter Hammering. So, like, all these guys were already there. And I was like, I can get better if I go there. And if I learn from these guys, then I can get better. Yeah. And so that's that's what I did. That's pretty amazing that that happened the way it did. Hey, you're on the oh, phone. Oh, dude, it's unreal. It's destiny almost. That Yeah, you're supposed to I mean, I was there. on the phone with the UAB coach, literally. Like, yeah. I was about to commit, and then he beeps in, and I see his name. I'm like, why is he calling me? So I was like, well, I'm not going to – I was like, hang on, coach. So I picked up the other <laughs> phone. It was Sewell, and he said, we'll give you a spot. I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that other coach is probably just wishing. He was like, Gotta hey, go. hey, like you should yeah, like try and push it a little harder than just going on the old hold real quick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. I should. Sorry, I was just to cut you off. I was gonna say that just for, that just reminds me of a story when our friend here Chris got me a job at Sherwood Park Nine in the city here to Thanks. be yeah. a golf pro my first year, and I <laughs> yeah. shook hands with the individual. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come here." And then I got in my car and got a phone call for another interview and took that job instead. And had to call in again. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of there, my man. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, but it was, it was it was it's really cool. So. My my freshman year, I room with Corey Whitsett and Bobby White, which I knew Bobby growing up. Uh, I actually I just got done playing with Bobby White in the state junior when he shot fifty seven. I was wow. Full. I was uh, uh, keeping a score card. I was in the group with him. He shot fifty seven that week on the tournament by a lot, and so uh, I knew Bobby well, but I had no idea who Corey Whitsett was. Never met him before in my life, and. Uh, and now I'm the best man at his wedding coming up here soon. So it's no crazy way. how it works. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's well, congrats, congrats to him. Like That's a huge shout-out, getting married. Exactly. Well, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I mean. You had, you had a pretty special guest at your wedding, too. I, I think Justin Thomas is at your wedding. Wasn't he? Just gonna bring he was. Up. He was. Justin, uh, he was able to to make it to my wedding. And I tell you what, he is. Uh, he's probably one of the one of the best friends you could ever ask for. I mean, that guy really does care about his friends. He's a, uh, I mean, we probably talk once, twice a week and he's just always encouraging, super nice. He's hilarious. He's, you know, he's super competitive and man, I, I really do. He's a, he's a great friend. Yeah. Tom and I were literally just talking yeah, about I'm that. Super before. Happy that he was able to come to my wedding. Yeah. We were just talking about your relationship with JT before we got on the pod and it's like, you can see on tour, like he's a gamer. How is he when you get to play with him? Oh yeah, like how are those games? Oh, uh, it's man, we have fun. We have a good time. Uh, he loves to talk crap. Yeah, he loves it. It. I mean, like you can like in the like the Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup is like his like that is his happy place. Totally. He can just talk so much crap to everyone, and he can back it up. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, so it's not like. It's not like your friends where you talk crap and he shoots 85. Like, no, he talks crap and shoots 65. So, yeah, like, yeah. It, it works. And so, uh, but, man, he, when we get together, it's always, you know, me making fun of him or him making fun of me and us kind of going back and forth at each other. And usually someone's having to fork over a dollar or two at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like hearing that. <laughs> when he made that putt at the President's Cup and just dropped the putter and started yelling that T.O. line. Didn't surprise like, me at all. I was going to say, I was like, that must have been just – you know, par for the course for you with him. I, I that did not surprise me at all. I mean, I, when he made it, I jumped up and beated <laughs> my chest with him. Uh, cause we, I mean, I mean, that yeah. guy, he's done that so many times in his career. I mean, I knew he was going to make that putt. Yeah. I knew he was going to step up. I knew he was going to make that putt. The guy, he loves the pressure being on him. 
I mean, I, I really do. He he truly does. He loves the team being on his back, and he's like, I'm gonna take him to I'm gonna take him to victory. He he loves that feeling. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that would be just probably a really good energy to have around you, and of course, like having that friend that always wants to push you to be your best, right? And like the competition that comes with it, but you know it's purely out of love that he's doing it because he's like a lot of the best people when it comes to it, like Navy SEALs, professional athletes, like you got to train yourself under that pressure. And he's like, I see JT is the guy that's like, I'm going to give it to you the hardest because oh. I love you the oh, most. Yeah. Whether and you like, like it or not. Yeah, whether you like it or not, <laughs> but like it's yeah. going to make us all better. Although you missed that five footer and now you're like super sad that you missed it. I'm going to rub it in your face how you missed that five footer, but then I'm going to tell you why you missed it and how you can get better from it. I like that. <laughs> but, but at first, but at first he definitely rubs it in. He doesn't, he doesn't come <laughs> over there to you and go, Hey man, you know, you might've just, you know, peaked at it a little bit too early or whatever. He's like, man, that was terrible, but it's probably how you fix it. I like that. <laughs> tough Jason's love, like man. Tough dude. love. Tough love. But he, uh, yeah, we, we, we had some really good, teams in college and man like when you when you surround yourself with those kind of guys in school I mean it's hard not to get better I mean we had such good teams there at Alabama and um I mean every tournament we went to it wasn't like we didn't think that we could win the tournament it was like I was just trying to beat Justin Bobby and Corey the whole time like that's all I cared about was like if I beat them for the tournament then I would probably have a pretty good chance to win and so that's that's literally like I never worried about what other teams were shooting. I was like, "What's well, Bobby and Corey adjusting that?" Because I want to try to catch them. That's cool. Because uh, I knew I knew they were probably going to be playing pretty good. Yeah, and you were kind of coming up in a time where there was a lot of great collegiate players too. So I mean, to think like, "Yeah, I just need to beat these guys, and I'll come close to winning." Like, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. I mean. I mean, we won a lot in college and obviously we were, you know, we had two national championships and won three SECs and, and it was, it was so much fun. And we, we had so many times to celebrate wins together and all that. But like, I think the reason we were so good is because we did want, we pushed each other as hard as we possibly could, even in practice, you know, when we were hitting wedges, it was who, who's going to win, who's going to beat who. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we loved each other and we wanted to help each other if we were struggling, but like when practice came and, if there was ever a competition, went out the window. I'm I'm here to beat you, and I want to beat you because I know if I can practice, I can beat you on the course. And so that's kind of how we we motivate each other and push each other. I mean, we could even plan makes in a putting game, you know, ten footers. And if I make five in a row and Justin hadn't made one, I'm in his ear, you yeah, know, or, or vice or or vice versa, you know. And so um, I think that's why our teams were good because we really did love each other and we really wanted to push each other and be and become our best. And you all build up a thick skin. It's it's funny. I've been watching that Jordan Netflix special, The Last Dance, and like Michael Jordan obviously is Michael Jordan the goat. And it just it fascinates me. Yeah, like who he was as a human, right? Like getting into that stuff with Scottie Pippen and like his out his look on Scottie's like, okay, management stuff is one thing, but like it's the team and that's how committed he was. Like when he w- made that shot at uh, North Carolina and he's like, no, I'm just happy I did something for the team, right? Like it was crazy how laser focused he was on succeeding for the team. And it's cool to be like. Yeah, and I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, a go- I mean, in college, golf is an individual sport, but when you're on it, I mean, it, it is, it's mostly a team sport in college. I mean, yeah. until you turn pro, it's, I mean, it's, you're on your own, you turn pro, but like in college, it is a team thing. And so like, if you go into school 
on a golf scholarship thinking it's all about you, well, then you're already behind the eight ball because yeah. you're not thinking of the team. So, like, when you're one over and your score's counting, how are you going to get it to even par? Don't be mad because you're one over. But then that's what our coach always told us, always fight to the end. Right. You, know, you never know when your score's going to count. And just having and that so, support network around you that's like leverage it as a team, yeah. right? Like you bring different strengths to the team than JT and like together that's how you move the the whole collective energy and everyone succeeds through it. Yeah. They would like and like our team, like, you know, we would always, you know, talk with each other after rounds, like, hey man, like you were one over. What happened on why'd you bogey fifteen, sixteen? Was it because you were mad? Or like, you know, what, what was the deal? Because those two shots, we could have used those. Like we can't get mad out there. You know, we always just kinda talk through the talk through with each other so that the next day we were going to be better and usually the next day we were yeah so trey you transition from there from college to that team sort of environment and take that and translate it into the corn ferry tour and find success how did that sort of play out for you how was that experience so, i was always used to qualifying in school uh, we always had qualifiers and i i kind of just took what i learned in school to the uh, going through the process of Q school. And so I was like, okay, well, I got a four day qualifier right here. Well, I don't have to be in the top five of my team. All I got to do is get the top 40, you know? So I was like, all right, so what can I do to, you know, if it's, if I'm one over, how can I just get it to one under to where I don't have to shoot seven under the next day, mm -hmm. you know? And so I kind of just took that mindset of where I, what I had to do in college and put it into the corn Ferry Q school. And it helped me a lot. I mean, I didn't play great at final stage, uh, cause I was nervous. Uh, it's my first final stage of Q school, you know, right, right out of school to final stage of Q school. And I did, and, uh, I didn't play great, but was able to kind of get conditional status. And then I got into a tournament and played well and was able to go on from there. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think the, the mindset I, that coach Sewell made us have in college helped me so much when I went to uh, Q school, just to kind of deal with the process. Like, the hardest part was just to learn how to travel by yourself. Like, so I mean, in school you're pampered. Mm -hmm. I mean, we yeah, were, totally. <laughs> I mean, we were spoon fed. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, like <laughs> you wake up and they give you a, they, the, the day before you leave, they give you a sheet on what you have to, what you have to bring, what you got to prepare. And like, and like it, everything was just handed to you. You just put it in your suitcase. Mm -hmm. Well, it was like when I got first on, I had to leave <laughs> to go travel. Well, to Q school, I was like, so I got this in here and then I got to make a flight. How do you do that? <laughs> um, well, okay. I got to go ahead. So it was like, it was just a completely new process. And so that was the hardest part was just figuring out the travel. And not, I mean, you think you play a lot in college golf, you play 10 times more when you turn professional. Oh, I mean, definitely. you play three weeks, you play two weeks in a row in college. You're like, I'm exhausted. It's like, you can play 10 on the corn ferry. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially at the beginning of that year where it's so front loaded. Oh, it's I mean, because if you don't play well at the beginning of the year, you might not reshuffle back toast. again. And so, yeah, you're toast. you know, you got to play as many as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You hear those stories of those guys grinding through that beginning part of the season, especially when they're paying it on their own dime. A lot of these guys. And it's like, yeah. it's, not only is it a grind physically, it's such a grind financially and mentally that it's, it's oh, yeah. so taxing on the body. I mean, a hundred percent. And like, I, there's so many good players that haven't gotten through Q school just because it's just hard. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many guys, I mean, not, obviously Jordan Spieth has had a heck of a career and I would, would love to be able to do what he's done. But I mean, I got to get through Q school. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you can believe that. I mean, this Jordan Spieth, what? He didn't do what? And so, like, it's it's hard. It's just tough. Now, granted, he did it the harder way, probably by you know winning the John Deere. But uh, he, uh, it, it's crazy how how many good players you see that don't get through Q school just because it's just so different than college. Yeah, it's so competitive. Like, there's so many good players, and it just yeah, where's your mental state at this week versus someone else's? That's like. Yeah, I feel super confident with my scoring clubs today, and you're like, okay, yeah. that short sided one where I got to hit it high and soft isn't isn't clicking right now, and just maybe next week it is, but it's not this week, and that's the difference. Some guys just want it more too. I mean, some yeah. guys that you know maybe didn't play it at Alabama or you know a big name school, you know, they just some guys just want it more. I mean, they they'll dig in the dirt. They don't care how you know ugly it might be. They're going to try to shoot sixty eight. They might have hit it everywhere but they're going to get it up and down. Mm-hmm. Hey, some guys, guys. I, man, <laughs> playing, playing them in match plays the worst. It's like, hang on, you made a four? Like, <laughs> that was one, bogey, right? Nope, four. One, one, two, on the – yeah. then you made the 50-footer for four. Yeah, all right, so we tied. Damn, uh, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I hit it on the green to eight feet and two-putted. Sweet. Uh, really? Awesome. You made four from the trees? <laughs> yeah, how, how did you do that? <laughs> all right, man, your, your box. <laughs> yeah. uh, so a funny story about so you said your high score was an eight right uh well, like, like, you it's higher that's just that. that's, that's just something that i do to just weasel in onto an intro eight on i'm not gonna buy that out. at all yeah. man. <laughs> seen worse well, my, well mine's a 10 well yeah. it's not kevin Nas where, how, where did so. where did you make a 10 so i made a 10 on so we're going to vegas in college and we're playing uh, Southern Highlands, I think, Southern Highlands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've never played, like, this hard of a golf course in my life. I mean, I, I mean, greens that you can't hold, What what is that? I grew up on greens that you hit and it spins back 18 feet. Like, you know, it's not – like I mean, you're jerking it back. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I go to this golf course and, like, my balls are bouncing everywhere. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, literally on the tee. Like, I got no chance. I can't break 80 here. Like, I got no chance. There's, there's rough six, the rough felt like it was six feet tall. You know, it was probably two inches, but it felt six feet, you know, bent grass rough, never played bent grass rough. Right. And so I go to this tournament, we're in Vegas, we're playing with Oklahoma state and somebody else. And, you know, I tee off and I kind of didn't hit a bad tee shot, kind of pulled it left in the rough. And I, I hit my second, had to kind of punch out because the rough was so thick. I just kind of had to lay up the left the, in the fairway with a wedge. So I lay it up with a wedge and it's this back left pin. I was like, all right, I'm just going to hit a high soft one. You know, it's a high soft one, let it land just short and, you know, kind of go up there by I'm the pin. And I, knew, I, I just nuked it. I mean, <laughs> just flush. Too pure. It. Too pure. Too pure. I mean, <laughs> carries 10, 10 yards over the green. And so now I'm short-sided to greens that are super firm. And my ball is sitting super up in this bent grass rough. Oh. Well, don't don't worry. I go under it. <laughs> Full slip. I go, I go under it again. Oh. I go under it again. Stop it. This is my – sorry, to say, I, I got to repeat. <laughs> And then I hit it on the green and three putt for a 10. Oh, <laughs> You're a good man. Three putt and my cut 
And our coach at the time, Limbaugh, was walking with me. And like anytime, like you would like hit like a bad shot or do something like that, he would just <laughs> just like a just a deep just breath. I mean, you just knew you did something so wrong for him to do that. And when we get off, he didn't like, he didn't even have the like the purge even. He, he was just like that was so bad. He probably, had puke, he probably had puke all over his shirt or something. Oh, <laughs> it, it was so bad. And then I made a two on the next hole was a part three. I went just, 10, two. Sick. Just going to ask what the bounce back was. Just I, went, I, I, went, bounces. I went 10 and then two and then birdied the part five. And then I think I made a double on the next one. That's the difference between me and you. At my 10, it's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> to be followed by well, yeah. Yeah, I went ten, two, four, I think seven or something like that. It was a it was a heck of a scorecard. I think I shot like eighty four. Uh, uh, I don't think I broke. I don't think I broke eighty the whole week. And then and then Karsten Creek, my freshman year at uh, the national championship, was the most intimidating golf course I ever played in my life. I made a nine on the first hole there. Oh, just nerves. Yeah. First first tee jitters so, or. Oh, so I, I, so here's the story on that one. So my freshman year, you know, we didn't play Vegas my sophomore year. So we play my freshman year at uh, Carson Creek National Championship. We're ranked like top eight, top five in the country at this point. We got Bud Colley, uh, Hunter Hamrick, Bobby White, Corey Witsit, and then myself. So I've never played in a big event in, like ever. Mm-hmm. Like this was the biggest event. I played in one U.S. junior, shot a thousand. And that was it. Didn't play <laughs> AJGAs, like didn't do any of that. And so we go to this tournament and the night before we have, you know, dinner where all these teams are there. I think uh, Scott, I think Scott Replank was, uh, was speaking. I think, I don't know. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Might not have been him. I might be completely botching that. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. I was so nervous. But I just remember sitting at dinner and I was gripping my glass so hard it shattered in, in my hand. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, guys, this is the night before. This isn't even the first teach. Tension. No, I hadn't even gone to bed yet. And <laughs> it you? shattered in my hand. And I had oh, to go no. to the bathroom and my coach follows me like he's getting glass out of my hand. Oh, and, I probably like, I got nine on the first hole. Oh, and, and I got blood. And so, like, that night's terrible. So, I go – I don't sleep at all. I don't sleep one bit. I'm room with Bobby White that week, and he, you know, he's sleeping like a baby. He could care less. And I literally can't sleep. Just pacing. And so, get up the next day, practice, hit it terrible on the range. I'm just going into this with just – I'm like, Obviously. I'm going to shoot 1,000. I'm going to shoot 1,000. I mean, the driving range at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is literally 100 yards, 400 yards wide, and I can't keep a driver on the planet. <laughs> and I'm like, man, and the golf course out there is this big. And so I'm like, I got no chance. And so I and Coach C was walking with me, and I break three tees trying to tee my ball up into the ground. I break them. Wow. And so I feel like there's 6,000 people watching us, and it's probably my mom, my dad, and like the other players, moms and dads, but it feels like there's 100,000 people mm-hmm. watching. And so I finally get my wood, and as soon as I make contact with this ball, all I hear is Coach C will go, that's okay, we got one more. It's all right, we got one more. I mean, this ball went so far left, I didn't even see it. Oh, and so I put another one down, hit it right, put another one down, hit it left, 
Oh my and God. Oh. we're walking walking down the fairway, and my dad comes up to Coach Seal because he didn't he didn't see me hit my first shot. He goes, "Hey, you know, you think we can find these balls?" He goes, "Well, we hit three. He goes, "Oh, really? Where'd the first one go?" And he said, "Well, a troop of Boy Scouts couldn't find that first one, so why don't you try to help me find the second, third one?" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's- so I make a I make a nine on that hole, and I I didn't break eighty that day, or any or any of the rest of the days, and. We were in third place going into the final round. Our team shoots 308. We finished eight or we finished 12. Don't make it to match play. Uh, and I didn't help the team one day. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> That's tough. Thanks for having me out, boys. Appreciate it. I got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah. I'd be interested. I didn't, play in... a, I, I didn't play a lot my sophomore year. <laughs> yeah. How did. Uh... Like that's a pretty crazy mental state to be in that you're breaking glasses and cracking teeth, sticking them in the ground. I'd be I very, was so nervous. Yeah. I would be very interested in like how that evolved into where like at a PGA tour tour tournament. Now like you're going, you're putting yourself in contention, like what you did mentally to like get from there to like, now you do this for a living. Even to hang on, hang on. Even taking down the racks on the corn Ferry tour, like I mean, that that's a huge transition from going yeah. to play college, nervous, you know, blowing your brains out on the first tee to, to taking down a huge, huge event. Yeah, I just think I just think it was experience. Like I, it's something that I never experienced before. Like I never played. You know, like I said, I, I, half the guys in college or more than half of them, I had no idea who these guys were. You know, like when Corey and Bobby and them came to college, well, they knew kids that were at all kinds of colleges that were at Oklahoma State and Texas and all that. Well, the kids I grew up playing with at home, they didn't play college golf. Mm-hmm. You know, they they all, you know, were doing they're, – they're going to school to find a job. Right. And, you know, for me, I had no – it was kind of – at first, like everybody on my team, that's about all I knew. It was kind of lonely at first, you know, because the only guys I knew were on my team. You know, when we go to tournaments, Bobby and Corey are – shaking hands with guys from Texas and, Hey, good to see you. You know, come a long way since the junior Rolex, you know, I didn't know what a Rolex was. You know, I thought it was not, yeah. might have been like a fire stick or something you put on your TV. I had no idea. And, <laughs> and so we're playing in all these, you know, events and I just, I don't know who they are. And so I think for me, it was just experience, you know, getting to know these guys, getting to know that, Hey, these guys are human beings just like me. They yeah. make, they make bogeys just like I do. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, it, to be honest with you, that was probably the, the biggest growing part of my career was playing in that tournament and having that happen to me because I learned so much from that, that, you know, at the end of the day, it's just golf. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's just, it, it's just a shot. Like it, there's really there's no need to be nervous. I've done it a thousand times, you know? So I think it was just kind of building that experience and then, you know, just kind of going through the bad process. Cause I think once you, have that kind of stuff hit you in the face you kind of learn from that and you go okay well how can i not do that next time right yeah and that's just kind of what i took away and coach sewell sat me down in his office and we talked and you know i didn't play a lot my sophomore year because i did have a lot of that kind of you know scar tissue from the last year and so when when the spring the summer of my sophomore year going into my junior year was the best summer i've ever had and then obviously i played really well my junior and senior year and carried that on but I really do think that it was just kind of going through the the bad to get to the good. Mm-hmm. I like but that. I want to take a break from the mental side of it for a sec before we get on to yeah, your you. career with the on the web and this, on the PGA. This is, but, this is this is great. Yeah. I've never been to a sports psychologist. I feel like I'm getting all my feelings. Out. Well, get them out. I like it. That's like a therapy session. Is it okay if I start crying? Absolutely. Like, pull out the Kleenex. <laughs> we got you. 
Um, I kind of, you kind of alluded to it earlier talking about conditions and I heard Patrick Cantley talking about this the other day, like when he first started traveling and dealing with different conditions. Now, obviously coming from a sheltered area that you grew up playing and you were used to playing in that area. Mm -hmm. What was it like when you first started traveling and seeing like different types of grass and like you said, the firm and fast, like how difficult was that when you first got, you know, first time you ever played like a Poa green or something, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, Oh, Poana greens, man. They, they freaked me out the first time I played it. I was like, hang (laughs) on a second. That putt's supposed to go left. And like, it went two cups, right? How did that happen? And like, you know, kind of plink goes around a little bit, but, uh, Man, I, like my first year on the Corn Ferry, I went, um, like I said, I didn't play that great in Q school. And Justin Thomas actually wrote a letter to get me into the first event in Panama. Sweet. I don't know, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't know that. That's and, huge. and so he wrote a letter. So I got in, I've top 25, got into the next week, and I was able to get, and get in that reshuffle after six or seven events. And so I played about 16 times on the Corn Ferry and was able to keep my card. Uh, almost got into a playoff in San Francisco. Uh, but like you said, I mean, we played a lot of really nice golf courses in college. So I kind of knew how to hit off certain types of grasses, mm-hmm. like especially chipping. I mean, chipping off a bent and chipping off a of Bermuda. I mean, oh. that's, those are totally different, totally different grasses. I mean, you almost have to use different bounces when you go to these courses. Yeah. And so Corey, uh, was had Corey Whitsett has an amazing short game. And so I learned a lot from him on how to chip off Ben, how to chip off Bermuda. And I'm still learning from him. I mean, he lives down the street from me now. We practice together pretty much every day. And so I think I was prepared to play the corn Ferry. I thought I, I felt ready. You know, I had a really good senior year. I had a lot of confidence. And so like when I was able to go play those events, I knew a ton of guys out there on the corn, corn Ferry, And I knew that I could, I could compete with them. And so, it really wasn't necessarily learning the types of grass to hit off of. It was more just learning how to get to tournaments, how to register for tournaments and not be <laughs> so stressed out on Thursday. Like, okay, did I forget anything? Yeah. Okay. I got, okay. I did. I bring my clubs. Okay. I have my clubs and clubs, did I bring shoes. any? I mean, I think the first, I think the first tournament I went to, I brought like five shirts. I don't know why I thought the tournament wasn't going to be a week long, but I brought like five <laughs> shirts and oh, I was just like, I was like, what the heck? Like, I, now I got to do laundry on Friday night. Like, this is terrible. Uh, and so it was just kind of learning through that whole process. Well, you're coming out of college. You're a kid. You know, like, you're not expected yeah. to, I mean, I was 21. to do everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I was I was 21 trying to get a hotel room in San Francisco. And, and I remember and I stayed, I stayed in just before. a sketchy part. Uh, <laughs> you're looking for a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. I was looking for, what can I get for 50 bucks a night? Yeah. And I, and when I got there, I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh no. There's uh, a reason I should okay. have paid the hundred at least. <laughs> yeah, I should have paid at least the 85. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think that was, that was the biggest thing. It's like, man, like how do I make a hotel reservation? Like, you know, how do you, all right, well now I missed the cut on Friday. How do I get some of my money back? You know? And so like, you yeah. know, going through that whole deal, it's, it was tough. It was, it was hard, but I had a lot of guys out there. Like I said, that I, that played the year before on the corn ferry. And so they helped guided me like Patton Kazire and like Chase Naramore, Brian Ritchie. Uh, I mean, Josh Teeter, Jonathan bird, like all these guys that were out there that I knew, you know, to help kind of guide me along that process. Cause at the time, none of my friends were, were out there yet. So that must've been so, so valuable for you to have those, like your, 
it's like a group of mentors really to guide you through this process. Like it was awesome. I, I tell you what, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have kept my card that year. There's yeah. no, no, no doubt. Yeah, they made it fun too. You know that they they invited me to their you know Tuesday money game. You know where we go out and play for a little bit. Like they made it a lot of fun for me, and it felt more like what I just experienced at school. And so it was it was really good. Yeah. So you move on to the Cornwall Web at the time, and how take away like the sorting out of hotels and everything. How did you find the play the minute you got out there? Like you're coming from a fairly successful college career now playing on you know questionably the second or third best tour in the world and you're like mm-hmm. okay so how do i compete against these guys what was the thing that you took immediately from your first couple of weeks uh i when i so i played i hit the ball I, I remember my first tournament like it was yesterday i was playing in panama uh and I hit the ball so well that week and I hit my wedges so bad. I putted terrible, but I finished in the top 25 and I went, okay, well, if I can hit it, if I can hit it like that and not hit my wedges great and putt, okay, well, what, what could happen if I hit my wedges good and I putt well? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I kind of put my mindset during that time. I was like, all right, well, where do I right now, to be honest with you, suck. And it was my wedges and my putting. And so I was like, all right, well, I got to get better at that. And so uh, I worked really hard on that. And, I, you know, I told myself, I was like, I know I'm going to hit it well for four days. I know I can hit it well for at least two and a half days. So the day and a half that I don't, how can my short game bail me out? Because you're going to – I mean, in 18 holes, you're not going to hit it good every day. I mean, you're going to go through a rough stretch, you know, whether it be two-hole stretch where it's not very good or a five-hole stretch. And that's where you got to depend on – you know, you're scoring clubs and you're chipping and putting to bail you out. And so I just really focused on that. And I saw what Pat and Kazire did that year. I mean, anytime he missed a green, he got up and down and made the putt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was never a doubt that guy was going to make a par. And so I was like, man, like me and him hit it about the same, you know, we hit it pretty good. So why is he shooting 68 and I'm shooting 72? You know, it was like, well, the four greens I missed, I made bogey. The four greens he missed, he made par. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, okay, well, that, that's kind of how it works. And so, to be honest with you, I knew my ball striking could carry out there. I just knew I had to work on my short game to where that I, I could compete day in and day out. And, you know, I had some really good finishes. And then, obviously, I won next year on the Corn Ferry. I had a lot of confidence going into that year because I knew from the year prior that, obviously, I can I can compete. Mm-hmm. And and once you see a golf course once and you get to go play it again, it helps because you oh, know well, that that pin, that pin's going to be back right. Well, last year I missed it back right, and I was terrible. So I know it kind of be short here on the hole, and so you kind of get a feel for you know. And I already Where had a year miss? of travel under my belt, and I was able to you know build off that experience. And so um, it didn't really affect me ball striking wise. I just had to really kind of figure out what I wasn't very good at. I have one question I'd like to get into talking about the short game is you know, like what is your wedge setup? What kind of what lofts are you using and and how do you work your yardages based on that? So I got uh I just changed it up. I uh, I go 52 57 62 now. Okay. Uh, because my I love I love my I use my 56 a lot but kind of needed a little bit more loft. Like I, I only nice use my though. 62, you know, from like short or if I'm short sided and, and so it's like 56 degree everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I got chips with it all the time. And so 
I um, always like kind of the low, you know, the low check shots on chip shots unless I have to hit it high. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I just I, I feel like I need a little bit more loft. And so I just kind of spray, spaced it out because I hit it far. And so if I need to hit my 62 from 90 yards, I can, but I really don't. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, that with this loft pattern, it helps me just be able to control my wedges a lot better. And I can flight my, you know, from 75 yards, I can use my 57. I can open it up a degree and, you know, kind of hit like a low checker in there to where if I have a 62, it kind of comes in high and it's not great. So, uh, I like using my 57 a lot. Cool. Are you a bit of a tinker with the equipment? I try not to tinker too much. I'll tinker more in my swing than I will my clubs. I always <laughs> kind of like watching watching people swing it. And, uh, you know, I've always been able to change my swing pretty fast. And so I always just kind of tinker. But if I usually find some clubs I like, I, I don't I, – I'm hitting the uh, – I hit all pain and I hit tightest wedges. So, you know, I don't really like tinkering with, with clubs too much. Keep it that way. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Parks. What are you working on right now sort of as we're – experiencing this interesting climate that we're in right now with the COVID and the restrictions and stuff like that. What's your, what's your golf focus look like? So I just now, it's like I said, uh, you know, we're expecting our, our son any day now. And so then helping my wife a lot with our daughter and uh, getting, you know, our, our little man's nursery ready. And, and so I've been doing a lot of, a lot of dad work lately. Ready for That's golf exciting. Congratulations, by the way, from the four Jack family here. Thank, thank you. I am, I am not the handyman. Uh, a lot of stuff that's put together, we had to order twice because I probably broke it the first time and got aggravated. Uh, <laughs> and so I've learned, I've learned my pa- my patience has grown since this quarantine is hit. Right now, I'm kind of working on coming out a little bit. Uh, I have a I have a tendency to get really steep on the ball, and I have a strong face. And so that if you're steep and you have a strong face, the ball's going to go left, and that's usually my miss. And I don't like missing it left. And so working on right now, just kind of shallowing it out and hitting kind of like more push cuts and straighter shots instead of starting the ball left and cutting it, kind of more just starting to get more on the line. And if the ball was right, kind of deal, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Rory, I mean, Rory hits beautiful cuts. I mean, Justin Thomas hits beautiful cuts, you know, there, and they're never steep on the ball. They're always shallow. Club faces are square, divot patterns are square, and the ball kind of goes out and, and fades a little bit. So that's mm-hmm. what I've been working on a lot lately seems like a lot of courses on tour you it's obviously you need to work the ball both ways but the fade is going to help you a lot on tour i mean those courses are set up for the fade how many holes do you see finishing holes that are left to right they're all right to left so yeah and so i think being able to work it both ways obviously gives you options to hit at many flags if you only have one ball flight then you know if it's a fade then a back left pin is probably not an area you're even going to go to I mean, Tiger Woods, you know, is the best ever to probably hit an iron ever, and that guy works it both ways pretty freaking good. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think working it both ways is huge, but you obviously need your go-to shot as well. Definitely. Right. I'm just thinking about from my perspective when I start feeling like I'm working it both ways and eventually you just get completely lost and you're like, <laughs> I'm standing on the tee box. I don't know if this is going to go left or right. And that's not a place you want to be. The double cross. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's not, that's not what you want at all. But yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I think, I think a lot of guys who don't play professionally, right. And they, they have a job and they want to, they want you know good amateur players. They feel like they have to hit it both ways. And it's like, man, why don't you just perfect your one shot and one then way. go from there? Like, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, 90% of the guys on tour hit one shot probably. Yeah. I mean, whether, whether it be a fade or a draw, I mean, a lot of guys just hit one shot because when if you become really, really good at one shot, well, then if you have a back left pin, just hit the 20 feet. 
Yeah. You know, and if you have a back right pin, well, then that's a go for flag for you or a front right. Anything on the right, that's a go for. And then anything on the left, kind of just hit it 20 feet. And, uh, you know, I think Tiger Woods was probably, I mean, that guy made it for, for forever. And because he was the best lag putter ever. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, he played so much more conservative than everybody else. I mean, he's going to bury the par fives and he was going to par the par fours and he's going to shoot four under every day and he's going to have a chance to win. Well, he's probably the greatest yeah. course manager of all time. Ever. I mean, yeah. the guy was so much – I mean, he said it before. He goes, the reason I was so good is because I was smarter than everybody else. Yeah, I mean, he, he would just – he would just. I mean, he would literally – he would hit the middle of the green and he knew he wasn't going to three-putt, you know. He'd yeah. have 60 feet and he was the best lag putter ever. Like, he wasn't going to three-putt. And so yeah. I've kind of just you know, been having to le- learn that myself, you know, as I've, you know, trying to get more mature in my golf game. You know, it's like, hey, I don't have to fire at every flag. Yeah. Why don't we go into your first win on the web or corn? It was web at the time. How was that whole experience like? Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Damn Rex it. Hospital Open. There Rex Hospital, that's an exciting one. Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, I shot so that whole week I was hitting it so well. I'm pretty good. Like you had to really be in control of your ball flights and your in your contact and greens were premiums and you know if you could putt pretty good then you're probably gonna have a pretty good chance to win if you hit it pretty well and, I, and it's a long hitters golf course and so i was really excited the year before that i played really well there and uh and so i knew i had a lot of confidence going into that that tournament on sunday we're playing i kind of just had like i think i shot like three under four under four under three under or something like that and and one but i remember on sunday i shot three i think i shot three over on the front Ooh. and was was way behind. I was probably six or six or seven shots behind. And I looked at my count and went, Hey, if I can shoot 30 on this back nine, I can win. Cause they're going to get conservative. They're going to start hitting it middle of the greens. I was like, let's just try to shoot six under mm-hmm. on this backside. And I birdied 10, 11, 12, uh, 13. And then I eagled the par five. <laughs> and I remember I looked on, I got on 17 or 16 to par three. And I kind of picked up at the scoreboard after I hold out for Eagle. I chipped in for Eagle on 15, and I saw where I was, t- I was tied for lead. And I looked at my caddy. I was like, I'm going to win. I said, let's just win. Let's just do it. Let's just let's just win. There's no there's no reason why we should finish second. All the momentum's on our side. Let's just win. And 16, 17, 18 are very hard holes. If you made pars, pars on those holes, you're probably going to gain a stroke on the field most likely uh, because those are, st- stats-wise, some of the hardest finishing holes. Uh, because 17 was just pretty much if you missed the fairway, it was a bogey. And on uh, 17, I missed the fairway. And uh, <laughs> I hit it right. And I don't know what was over me at the time. My caddy, my caddy David, was kind of like, hey, do you just want to lay up to the left and try to get it up down? And I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I didn't come here to lay up. I was like, I am not laying up. So I, I, had, I had trees blocking the green and – the only shot I had was like this banana slice with like a seven hundred, and if you miss it left, it's out of bounds. And so I kind of looked at him. I was like, "You might hate me, but I'm going for it. I'm just going to show you." <laughs> I was like, "He was like, you going to go for it?" And I was like, "Dude, I just got a feeling I can pull this shot off." I was like, "All I got to do is slice it. Literally, I can't slice it enough. I can slice it, and if I miss it right the green, then that's fine. You can get it up and down." And I hit this shot, and it was so good. I mean, I, I sliced it. It was going right at the flag, lands up there probably five or six feet short, goes to about 25 feet, and I two-putt, and then part 18. And uh, at the time on 18, I didn't know that I was winning. And so because Brady, I think Brady Schnell went bogey-bogey on 16-17. Uh, and so I had a one-shot lead going into 18. And 
I had no idea at the time. Again, like I had, I hit it to the middle of the green and knocked it like six feet past. I didn't even mark it. I just went up there and putted it. That's so awesome. That's sick. That's so brazen. gawky. That's very brazen. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, my caddy was like, you didn't even like mark it. You just went up there and hit it. I was like, well, I knew if I thought about it any longer, I'd miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just went up there and I just went up there and hit it. Like, how many times have you like gone up to a putt and like kind of just like hit it and it goes in because you don't even think about it? Every you know, time. I was backwards. <laughs> Yeah, if, yeah, you can hit it behind with the, the the flange of the putter, and it goes backhanded, and it goes in. And like, <laughs> so I just I didn't even mark it. I just got I just kind of like stood back behind it, looked at it, was like, all right, right edge, bam, and just knocked it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and one Four by one, <laughs> I'm taking that to the course with me this year. Just every time, there you go, yeah, just, bam. That's my going thought now. But but, but honestly, how many how many times that I got in a like. In a round where, like, if you missed like that birdie putt you wanted to make and you made it and you hit it four feet by and you just kind of like reached over and like whacked at it and it goes in, you make it every time. That's how I usually because you most just don't think putts. you just don't think about it. You just hit it. It's like you, just, you be an athlete and you hit it and it goes in. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, made four. I rake yeah, or, <laughs> or, 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 or flag. Yeah. Or yeah, or you or you just knock it back to yourself and write down for it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. You guys didn't see that. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. write down a four putt sometimes is what I have to do. Jeez, because I get in my kitchen when I'm. Uh, yeah, sometimes you take a little too much time. Cody and I did a segment last summer where we went out to Tobiano and had ninety minutes of sleep, and I tried to break ninety. And yeah, just some of those little ones you just spend too much time on, and like, oh, that's that's a terrible video. Uh, Ninety minutes of sleep after driving through the night for six hours, <laughs> yeah, just grinding. Didn't have what it terrible. takes, but I'm excited to go back that there when we put on our awful. our invitational. If you ever need to come, when all this is behind us, we're gonna do an invitational at Tobiano in Canada. Go take a look at this track, dude. One of the most want to come play. It's beautiful. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, it is ridiculous. So you'll be I invited know. to that at some point <laughs> when the world awesome. when the world settles, I guess. There you go. I love that. Right uh, this 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 time is crazy right now, isn't it? I mean, it's unreal. Yeah, dude, we can't even play golf that. here. So my wife, she's like, say it again. We can't even play golf here. They've made it non-essential, so we can't uh, even go play. Man, if I couldn't play golf, I'd pull my hair out. I'd have no hair. That'd We're just coming out of winter. Cut my hair. Trey, I almost yeah. cut my hair because I can't play golf. <laughs> right to the bone, man. I was going to say, we talked, you told us about your highest score. I wanted to know, have you ever made a hole in one? Because that takes no skill, right? And I'd just like to hear if you have none, right? So I've got two, right? So I can say that I'm a slightly better than a PG I'm so, pro I'm so upset about that, too. I have zero hole in ones. I can tell you, I've flown it in the hole five times and it's never stayed. Are you serious? I, you know what I am? I've flown it in the hole five times, and I'm three over on the holes. Because it just ricochets <laughs> somewhere else. Two, oh, man. Two of, them, two of them went in a hazard. No. no. Oh, for real? You got the reject pin into the water or something? Yeah. No, it flew into the cup, bounced out, spun in the water. Oh, yeah, nothing, like, hit, like, nothing like glory, and then all of a sudden just heartbreak. Oh, dude, I've hit, like, the back of the cup, and it, like, go in the water. I've hit, like, the front of the cup, and it, like, shoots over the green. Like, I've had to, like, fi- I've had to fix five holes before, and not one of them has stayed in. <laughs> That's crazy. That's cool. I've watched, I've watched my friends on a par three hit, like, trees 50 yards right, and it hits the cart path, goes down the hill, and goes in the hole, and I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh. I was like, 
And if you don't mind, Trey, I'll just share mine with you quickly. I was just a young boy, and <laughs> the sun you, was in you, my if eyes. You, if you bladed it with a hybrid, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> no, no, no. From a buck forty-six hybrid. <laughs> I believe I bladed a seven iron from one hundred and thirty-six into the sun, <laughs> hit it off the bridge that crossed over to the island green, and jugged it. <laughs> so I got I got a funny one too. So my buddy, so on her seventeenth hole, she's ever played in her life. She made a hole in one. She like Ugh. bladed a hybrid. It's the first ball she got in the air. Wow, I despise people and like she that. Blades like hybrid into the hill, bounces up and goes in. Yeah, it reminds me of Happy Gilmore when he's like, I should just try and get it in the hole first time every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no kidding. That, that was easy. I should just do that. <laughs> like, that was way easier than putting. If you want to do, if you want to do movie quotes, I can do that for days. Oh, <laughs> you get me on the anchorman quotes. I'll be here for the next couple hours. Like yeah. based like four years of my life off that movie. Oh. <laughs> um, send, send, it, it, anything will Ferrell. I, I'm in. Oh man, I just Anything shot one to Parksy this morning and he didn't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like, what's up? What's up? What's up? It's hot overload in here. He's like, what? I'm like, come on, night at the rocks break. Seriously. In my defense, yeah. man, I just rolled out of the wrapper, so I wasn't tuned in. <laughs> no Have y'all seen the other guys? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Love it. Dude. Brilliant. Top, it's a top it's a top fiver. I mean, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is so good. There's so many like hidden gems in that one too. Like those lines come out and you're like, ah, I forgot oh, that, that was in there. Like, yeah. I just love Gator. Will Ferrell. Yeah, just, yeah, I forgot that was in there. Yeah. It's so good. Him Mark, and Mark, Walt, Mark Wahlberg are hilarious. I mean, I, I can literally, me and my wife have watched it so much, I can play the parts in the movie. Like, I don't even have to watch the movie. I just you can act it out. Great. There you oh, go. Yeah. Well, maybe if PGA Tour golf doesn't work, oh, there's your calling. <laughs> I don't know about that. You can join Connor Moore on the golf channel. Oh, no, thank you. No. <laughs> there must be dying. They gotta be dying for content if he's got a show. That's terrible. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but no, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure. I'd rather see PJ tour players just get together and talk trash. Like that'd yeah, be far more entertaining absolutely. for me. That'd sure. be so much fun. Put him on a for Zoom sure. call for an hour. I'd watch. I don't care. I always like to anybody we have associated with the tour. We always kind of like to dig into what they've seen or heard maybe the wildest thing they've caught on tour whether it be the corn ferry or the pga or even on the co collegiate level we need to know some stories we always dig for stories here on the four jack i'm a gossip queen trick yeah. we don't need names we don't need figures we gossip. just need facts <laughs> names are good man I, uh i'm trying to think back through the there's not a ton of gossip i mean there's a little not bit, gossip give us some stories i i, I actually give us a wow you, factor story give us the wildest thing you've seen well i won't tell you one of the, i'll tell you one of the wildest things i've seen here in a second but like the wow factor i think would be like like on the corn fair you know when you're traveling all that you rent your cars and you're going to avis and you're getting like these minivans right and like you're just trying to fit as many guys as you can a minivan so you can split the cost right mm -hmm. well your first the first tour event i go to they're like oh hey here's your car for the week and i'm like what i just picked up this they're like, oh yeah here's your here's your here's your courtesy car your lexus for the week and that was when i was like well this is different yeah. <laughs> i like this i like this Thank you, I, like, I could get, 
I could get used to this. This is nice. I know you're feeling cool. Windows rolled down. This is way better than my Honda Odyssey minivan that I had scheduled for. Uh, so <laughs> that was that was kind of like my first like, wow, welcome to the PGA Tour. Made it. Stepped it up. Um, and, oh, yeah. It was it was insane. And then, um, man, there's been so many just big things on tour. I, my first U.S. Open was pretty crazy. Where was that one at? Um, Aaron Hills. Oh, Oh, yeah, I, uh, I I played there in the final round with Louie, and oh, uh, that was that was swinging. pretty amazing. Speaking, of, I couldn't feel my fingers, like couldn't feel my hands walking up the first tee. Like, that was an out of body experience for sure. Like, I mean, getting to play with him and like a final guy that I, I mean, the guy's golf swing is amazing. I could watch that guy hit balls for days. Same. I mean, it's yeah. it's so good. It's and, so uh, key. I, I finished, it was my first US Open and I finished night and uh, it was so much fun. I got to play with, I remember I birdied my last three holes in the front and my last three holes in the back and uh, it was so much fun being able to play with him. No kidding. That was a, that, that was a big wow factor for me. Definitely. Uh, playing with Tiger, obviously, wow factor. Um, you know, playing with Phil, uh, Dustin Johnson, I remember playing with him at Pebble. I think we were in like 40th something, you know, he was kind of like, I'm just going to hit driver everywhere, like carefree, <laughs> right? Well, I looked at my caddy, David, I looked at my caddy, David, and I said, hey, everything that he does today, we're going to do, you know, because we, we hit about the same off the tee. And, and so I was like, all right, this is the number one player in the world. Whatever he does, why don't we just try to do that? You know, because obviously this guy's pretty freaking good. Mm-hmm. And and so we literally followed him around that golf course, like Chris. And it was one of the best rounds. I think it was one of the most fun rounds I ever played because he hit driver every hole, every hole. <laughs> that guy nuts. did not care. No He's fear. like, I'm either guy. Now, it, it, literally, that guy played with no fear. And I think that's why I, I learned so much by playing with him because, like, he played the way he would play back at home. Mm-hmm. He don't change. You know, he's going to shoot 65 at home, and he's going to shoot 65 on the road. Just doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of guys, they get to tournaments, and I do the same thing. You know, I struggled with this for a while. It's like you go to a tournament, be some different person, and it's like, no, just play like you do at home. And that's what I kind of learned from him a lot. Bob uh, Rotella, play within yourself. Yeah, there you go. Is that, is right? that, is that, what, he, is that what he says? I've never heard anything. Wisdom. About <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, man, I tell you what, I love, I love just being out on tour with guys. Like, I love food. Uh, I know we talked about me being a foodie and uh, man, I love to eat. The only reason I work out is so that I can eat. <laughs> I like that. That's I like the only that. reason. Uh, like, I love it so much. Does so, Scott like, have I a love, hand in that tray or what? Man, he got me on a bad habit. Uh, he's that guy loves oh. to eat too, but you know, he's all jacked and like, you know, or organic Can. now. And, you know, he's just kind of got like a beard and a mohawk. He's intimidating. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. scary. Uh, he's a Spartan. I remember, oh, dude, yeah. And so, like, I, I love Thai food. Ooh. And so, like, I love trying to find, Word. like, you know, you go in San Diego, there's, there in Torrey, there's one of my favorite places of the year. It's called Spicy Thai, real original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing. <laughs> and and, and like then, to be honest, and to be honest with you, there's one at the John Deere. Uh, it's crazy of enough at the John Deere. Uh, there's a place called Exotic Thai, and it is amazing. It is so good. What do you like uh, to to peruse around and get when you go Thai food? Man, I love anything curry, pad Thai. 
Uh, love a good Penang I mean, over here. That's my uh, treat. Pen, uh, pen, chicken Penang is phenomenal. Yes. I love like the Tom Kha soup. Oh, oh that yeah. that coke that coconut it broth spicy, is so good. Delicious. That sweet, spicy sour. You're like, oh, please. Oh, like, dude, I, I could I could literally just drink that and be fine. Have you ever <laughs> been over to so Thailand? Good. Have you ever traveled over that way? I've never been over there. It's time. Are you thinking uh, about getting over there anytime soon? Yeah. No. Not anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> when this all I hear up, you should I hear go the then. soup's really good over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I bet it's great. I think the furthest dog goes Canada. So that's that's good for me. There you go. Tiche, Tobiana. We'll you, played a, you played a Canadian Open, have you not? Yep. Played it twice. Yeah. Played it twice I love right. it. I tell you what, the fans are so awesome. I mean, they love that tournament. It is so much fun going and playing. Canadians it love really golf. Is. They, they do a great job. They do an amazing job, seriously. Yeah. That's good. It's a big venue. Yeah. It's a huge event for Canada, too. I mean, it's the only I love one we really the, get. I love how we get, the, we get to play hockey on one of the holes. Because I've never oh, yeah. obviously played hockey and stuff. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to hit it in this net, and it is just comical. I'm like hitting them in the water, and it's just it's awful. But it was <laughs> yeah, hockey's a tough sport, right? Ripping around on ice with these tiny little blades. But you have grown up in Canada, you kind of just learn because it's the only way to get around in the winter. Almost just ice yeah. everywhere. Sad but so true. Talk, sad but true. It's the good y'all talked to Scott a couple of weeks ago. That guy's gotten jacked, hasn't he? That's Jeez, gross, please. man. He's a beast. Dude, I'll tell you a funny. Old. I'll tell you a funny story. So I had the pleasure of caddying the Bob Hope or the Humana or whatever you want to call it, and we had him in our group one year for the draw. And Ooh, you, you got. Fat I fat. swear to God, he had the oh, nicest breast I've seen on a man ever <laughs> during yeah. that tournament. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, like, he was not used... in good shape at all. Dude, and now he's, he's like just he's two ninety. Yeah. I mean, he, he'll tell you. I mean, the guy ate. I mean, that guy would go through a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper in a day and a half. Yeah, we talked about his onset diabetes scare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was it was unreal. And I, I truly think his, his like, transformation is one of the coolest I think I've ever seen. Like, I mean, he's yeah. unreal. Um, I mean, that guy has really been a mentor. He's one of my best friends. I mean, he's been a mentor to me ever since I got out there. And uh, he's just – he's super fun. He's super like, – I mean, he'll tell you like it is now. Yeah. yeah. That's what he was saying. He don't sugarcoat anything. No. I mean, he'll tell you, like, that was terrible or that was really good, and that's about it. I went and worked out with him uh, for about a – I work out with him all the time, but I went and worked out with him at the first time. I was like, ah, you know, this guy, he's in with Literally, I think I almost, I almost died. Like, the first <laughs> time I did it with him, I, we were playing, and I – we were playing in Charlotte. I literally on Thursday couldn't see my ball on the ground. Like I was like, I can't do that again. Like, I mean, seriously, he almost killed me. And I was on the ground, like spread Eagle, like, and he's just like running around. I'm like doing this. Like I had the spins. It was terrible. Get the mark bucket out. He put me, he put me into the bucket. Oh, for sure. I threw up like four times. It was awful. Oh, that's unbelievable. But, we don't want to steal too much of your time there, Trey. I know we, you got lots of stuff still to build for little boy coming. So yeah, huge oh, yeah. congrats so on that. Been a pleasure to have you on the show today, man. It's been uh, been All lots right. of fun. Thanks, we appreciate guys. your time. Absolutely, hey, I appreciate it. And best appreciate wishes it. when you get back much. on the tour, and good luck with the the new little one coming. All right, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks. peace, Trey. Cheers. Thanks, See you guys. Trey. See you guys. Take care. Cheers. Hello, Four Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Active Nation, and thank you for listening to the Four Jack Podcast. 
it would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.